Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jeff. And with us today is Dave Jeffries, Vice President of Development of ZOS. Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. Super to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for coming. Cool. And um, what is it that the Vice President of Development actually does? How long have you got? All right. (laughs) You know, I've been in this role for two years now, and I'm still trying to work out exactly what it is I'm supposed to do. I know what it is I do. I'm not necessarily sure what it is I'm supposed to do. Um, whether it, whether That's it's a sweet spot cause, right there. <laughs> whether I'm supposed to cause as much grief and confusion as possible, or whether I'm supposed to try and change the world one OS at a time. I think it's that little. It's the it's the latter probably. I think that I'm uh, I'm supposed to do. Well, it, the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about, and I, I don't know what what Jeff had in mind, but the thing that I really would like you to spend the, the biggest part of our time is talking about how you're taking your organization from being primarily a waterfall development group to an agile group. Um, Cause that to me seems pretty daunting when you're talking about developing an operating system. So, so what, what is it like to do that? Uh, what is it like? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, that, that's a cracking question to start with. I mean, all right, let's put it in, the, let's put it this way. Uh, it's like, trying to drive or steer a super tanker um and you know how long it takes to turn one of those around when you're about the power of an outboard motor on the back okay <laughs> that's what it feels like day in day out and, and i'll and i'll share with you towards the end of this where i think we are right now because there's, there's a purpose to that analogy but you know it's, it's an amazingly daunting task we have we have over 60 million lines of code in the operating system uh and i try to I try to look at it really as the biggest monolithic application that we can modernize. The challenge, the challenge is massive. If, if we can modernize that size of a monolithic application, what our clients can do is, is, is chicken feed, right? I mean, it's, everything is possible if we can do that to something the size of, of the operating system. And so well, how did you get started? I mean, it just seems to me, I'm thinking about the, the multiple decades I've been connected with the operating system and so many different things associated with it. Where do you start? <laughs> you, you, you start at the beginning. Um, you, <laughs> yeah, it's silly answer. I know, I know. But So the kernel, <laughs> I guess, right? You start at the kernel and you work your way out. Well, you, you actually... You actually start, and not necessarily from a technology perspective, but you, you start as, at the point as to why on earth would this seem like a sensible idea? You know, what is it you're ultimately trying to do? And, and I think, you know, in, in many projects that we start, sometimes, sometimes we forget, what, what are we here for? What are we trying to do? Um, and, and we know in, in technology these days that there is so much change Change is a staple part of, of essentially everything that we do day in, day out. And we sometimes have to bring ourselves back to basics to, to say, what is, what is the value that we're trying to drive here? What's the impact that we're trying to, to deliver? Um, who, who's driving us in this general direction? And essentially, it all comes back down to what do our clients need? We're a supplier to our clients of technology. 
We're, we're a supplier to our clients of, of capability that allows them to grow their business and ultimately then you know, support their clients, which in turn could essentially be us with bank accounts and this, that, and the other. Uh, and we're trying to enable them to be as agile and modernized as possible. So I think where do we start? It's really trying to understand what it is we're trying to do, what it is we're trying to enable, and, and really who our end consumer is. And once we've mastered that, I think everything then kind of kind of rolls out and, and starts to fall into place. Does that make sense? Yes, but I'm not sure it completely answers the question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Frank, so this is how it's going to be. All right. <laughs> I get it. I get, the, I get the tone of these now. Um, so, so, where, so where do we start? Um, right. So, so once, once we've really kind of understood what it is we, we're trying to do, I think um, where, where we certainly don't start and let me address it that way. We don't start with the with the goal of fixing everything. All right. We we look at how can we how can we show value here? How can we show that we're we're actually making progress without ripping up the entire drains of, of what is, let's face it, a very well-oiled machine, you know, in terms of being able to build the operating system and all the complexity that it, that is in the operating system. Um we, we kind of start small and, and build out, but we start small for the reason of showing value, showing wins, and showing that it's doable. Okay, so um, whether, you know, take some of the, the componentry of or the capability, shall we say, in the OS that we've shipped in, in the last few years. Uh, most recently, things like Z Container Extension, ZCX, or Isoda, the open data analytics platform. You know, very much areas where we can try something new. It's a new technology. It's a new capability. And we have an opportunity to try something new. And so the, the place that we really start is identifying back to what's the value for our clients? What do our clients want to get to as quickly as possible? All right. What, how can we help them um, leverage new capabilities and technologies as quickly as possible? They don't want to wait for two years. All right. The end consumers of what it is we produce don't want to necessarily wait for two years before they actually get you know, the latest and greatest widget and capability, et cetera. They want it as soon as their business needs it because they want to support their, their application development teams, et cetera. So, so fundamentally, uh, you know, we'll take something like um, Isoda or ZCX or, or the componentry, et cetera, and we'll say, all right, let's set ourselves, let's have an agile mentality. All right, and all that's all about making sure that you train the team and you uh, and you go through the right collaboration and you have the right um, kind of infrastructure. You know, go go to the basics. It's it's about um, it's about people. It's about processes. It's about tools, uh, and it's about having the right kind of focus of the team. So. That's a long-winded answer to you start at what makes sense so you can realize the value and you can realize and react whether you're on the right route, you can do more of it. If you've made mistakes, you learn from it, you can course correct pretty rapidly. So you almost have to go back to that analogy of a um, of the super tanker. You need to drop a you need to drop a, a uh, an A-frame boat off the side and go react and learn. And then kind of come back and say what you've learned to the rest of the team so you can start to do more of that. Does that make sense? Is that starting to answer yeah, your question, Frank? Yeah, I think it does, right? We, the, what, I, what I thought I heard you say is that we're going to go off and, and attack 
the stuff at the edges that, that are probably most interesting to our clients first and get that working before we go try something big and different. Correct. Correct. And, and you do you do that for many reasons. As I said, you've got a well-oiled machine here that, that you've got an expectation with some clients that you're going to come out with a new release every two years. It's a very intricate development process that we've had for many years. It's a very complex development process. It's very well-tuned and it works, all right? And we deliver some great quality in, in terms of what we deliver. If you're going to go do something new, then then I won't say put it in an area that doesn't matter. That's not, not the, the rationale <laughs> at all. But put it in an area where you can learn, you can react very quickly, and you, you're going to get the feedback from the clients very quickly. Because the last thing you really want to do here is go do some innovative new way of working, you know, agile, continuous delivery, continuous integration, pipelines, et cetera, and go do it in an area that really doesn't matter and wait to another two years before you actually get your clients to respond to whether, whether or not you hit the mark. All right. That, that's not what you want to go do. You want to do, do this in some, some area where, where clients are expecting they need some new capability. It's a new innovative area for you, and you're going to learn rapidly. Okay, that's you can get that really, really fast feedback cycle back into your development teams to say, hey, guys, we've learned something here. Right. This is how we're going to course correct. Or, hey, we've got a real magic recipe here on, on how to do this and how we how we can build a DevOps process and how we can build that, that agile mentality um, and how we can build the right level of, re- uh, of recognition and then how we can iterate and go back around again. So that's the key thing. Do you think customers have a preference for whether the software is done in Agile or Waterfall methodologies, or is it just uh, get me the software I need uh, that works and does what it needs to, and I don't care how the sausage is made? Oh, um, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's almost a trick question. That <laughs> yeah, that was a, a bit of a softball. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, I think as long as as long as we are providing the capability to clients in at the time frame they need, in the way that they need to consume it, with the quality level expectation that they've got of us, um, then guys, go, go do the magic that you need to do in the labs, but but deliver it to me at the time that I need it, and the, and in a way that I can exploit it in the most rapid fashion, and, and I think this goes this plays to consumability. All right, and, and one of the areas that we've we've looked at very heavily in uh, in ZOS is so we go create these these wonderful new capabilities, and 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 I, what I've learned in my two years in 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 charge of the ZOS organization is we, we're not short of a of a good few technology ideas. Okay, we, we've got a ton of stuff on a on a big long set of lists that will take uh, you know for now and, and ever more to kind of get through, um, but the reality is. You know, we can build some of the greatest and most wonderful technology capabilities, but it's around clients being able to consume them. So I'm very focused with the team on on driving consumability um, because I think that shows that consumability is almost like a double-edged sword. So if if we get it right, then clearly clients are going to want more of it, and so we're going to have to repeat it. If we get it wrong, we may not realize it. Because we may not see the feedback come in to say we've, we've necessarily got it wrong. We may not see uh, the APARs come in to say, yeah, guys, you've really got it wrong because you know this doesn't this doesn't <laughs> work. Um, 
and, and sometimes, you know, we've always thought of, well, you know, maybe clients are going to use it. And um, so I think consumability is, is, a, is a very strong focus for us. The, the way that I like to look at this is, is GA date is, is not to me job done. All right. GA date to me is that's when the journey is just starting. Um, that's when we've got that capability out in a rock solid stand behind it, going to production kind of mentality. Now, Mr. Client, tell me what I'm missing or tell me what else I can do to enable you to use that capability quicker. Okay. Uh, I don't have to wait or I don't have to kind of force you to wait for the next two years before that's going to appear in your, in your next product refresh or your cycle refresh. Um, I can enable you to use that pretty much out of the gate. All right. And that's why, you know, we've gone on from a ZOS perspective, certainly over the last two, three years, we've been very much on the um, continuous integration, continuous delivery journey that a lot of our newer capability, you know, some clients will look at us at 2.4. We did 2.4 uh, middle, middle to third quarter last year. Uh, they'll look at that capability and they'll wait for the announcement letter to see all the wonderful new kind of capability that's in 2.4. Well, in reality, we've been shipping 2.4 for the last three years. Oh, sorry, two years. Um, we've been shipping it through continuous delivery drops. And what happens at the 2.4 formal GA point is that's just a formalization of all those continuous delivery drops. Yeah, we sprinkle some new additional stuff that we couldn't do uh, until we went over a release boundary. Um, but fundamentally, you've been having that release over the last two years. And, and a lot of what we are starting to see is the resilience and the reliability of that operating system upgrade now is, is so much more rock solid. Indeed, you know, we went through the ESP of 2.4. Yes, we still do a formal ESP cycle. And we got feedback to say, hey, guys, this this is rock solid. This, this is the best ESP I've ever been through. That wasn't by accident. That was by engineering that we'd, we'd, we'd put out incremental updates. We'd made changes to the base. We'd made changes to the right respective pieces. Um, we dropped out on a continuous delivery cycle, and and, and that product, the the ZOS two four release, had really been starting was starting to be delivered right from the outset of two three. The first CD drop on two three was the first real part of two four that you were starting to get. Then you look at the next release, whatever that may be, two four plus one. All right, you're starting to get that already. You're starting to get the pieces that will make up that full announced material, et cetera, and full release, you're starting to get that now. So this is a continuous quality journey for, for us as well. So we're getting some really good reception back from our clients on this, that consumability is good. Um, we're, provo- we're looking at, a, at things in a digital, a digital way. So we're providing new ways of, of, um, of understanding the capability that we're shipping uh, explaining through new uses of, of different video series and, and different uses of the of the red book material, etc., how clients can consume this. So this is not just changing a development engine into a different model. Um, this is is a whole bunch of changes that, yes, start from the development team changing in a different way and delivering code in a different way and developing fundamentally in a different way. But it's all about consumability. It's about the other capability that we provide to allow clients to consume this earlier rather than, you know, every two years they pick up something, they look through the announcement letter and find out what really attracts them. 
Do you think this changes the way or has it already changed the way that our customers look at their upgrade schedules and windows? Um, I, I think, I think there, there's probably two schools of thought. All right. I think there are many clients who, who have that, that regular penciled in, whether it's February to, um, February to May or whenever it is the period following the announce and GA that happened the previous year, let's yep. say two, four, all right, two, four GA September last year. There are many clients who will have that on their calendar to say, all right, six months post that everything should be stable. I'm going to pencil this migration in. Right. That's one thing we've changed as well. Migration. Forget it. This is about upgrade. You upgrade the operating system. My first, my first win in this job. Yeah, I was so proud. Took took migration out and said, right, this is upgrade. Right, there you go. Hands gone. Sit back on chair. Job finished. Um, so, um, what what we are starting to see, you know, clearly, clearly there are clients who who say, right, that period in time, that's my um, upgrade window. That's the time that I do this piece of work because there is so much involved in in moving an operating system. All right, so. Hold those guys to, to one side for a second because they, they have very good reasons why, why they do it that way. Um, there are more clients now who are starting to take that continuous delivery drop because it's part of their, um, their upgrade process. It's part of what it is they do. Um, they're starting to see you know things like ZCX. We did a ZCX um, try and buy capability in the first quarter this year. Uh, based on 2.4, all right? So will clients have moved to 2.5 really quick? Well, they've already done. Uh, they've already done the, the first part of that next 2.4 plus 1 or whatever it's going to be. Is it 2.5 or whatever it is, okay? They've already done that fast bit, that first piece. So they've already started the upgrade, whether they, they know it or not, because they've mm. seen that capability, they want to go use it. Um, so I think you start you're starting to get more people kind of come around to the idea of, right, let me take this new capability. But don't forget, don't forget, we, we put things like chicken switches in there as well, feature toggles, all right? That's probably a better term, chicken <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so because the last thing we want to do is, is to, when a client takes a continuous delivery drop, to force that new capability on them. They want to know that it works just the way that it worked prior to that that upgrade and that either that maintenance window etc and if they want to use this stuff they'll be the, the new stuff they'll be the one who decides to use it uh, or not not us necessarily imposing it on them um so i i think you're starting to get clients now who have been going through that journey of taking those those upgrades those continuous delivery drops are starting to get confident and, and comfortable with the with the quality that's kind of coming through there. I mean, there's always a little, there's always skepticism with something new, and certainly around the ZOS space. And I think what you are going to start to see is you're going to start to see the clients who had that regular two year cycle start to look at one of the reasons they had that two year cycle was this is a big change. Right, this is a big process for me to go through a um, a two three to two four upgrade or whatever it is. All right, I've got all sorts of of, um, of stack to change. Maybe I've got the um, ISV products to change, etc. We're working much more closely now with the ISVs. You know, we're very much aligned on a continuous delivery model. So you're starting to see the risk diminish. 
that if clients do go on this continuous uh, continuous delivery journey with us, they're starting to say, well, actually, this, this quality is good. And I'm going to get this capability that I'm after. And I'm going to get, you know, everything that I'm trying to do for my business. You know, you guys who do the operating system, you guys who do the stack, you guys who run Z, the mainframe, are really a true continuous delivery platform. And it takes a while to, to drive confidence. And I think we're starting to break through those people who said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll change on my own schedule because there's a ton of testing. There's a ton of stuff I have to go through. It's a big risk. Um, I think we're starting to change some of those, those mentalities. And hopefully over the, you know, the forthcoming releases, et cetera, and CD drops, because we're putting a lot of value into those CD drops, a whole new bunch of capability is going into those that clients want. I think you're starting to see some clients who say, hey, maybe I could take this in a bit, in a, in a different cadence than I've taken it, taken it before. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm wondering, though, if you could kind of um, net out the difference between upgrade and migrate, because it sounds like to you it means a big difference and it's not apparent to me yet. Um, I'll give you one one straightforward example. Um, Great. The... The OS 2.3 to 2.4, that's an upgrade. You're, you're adding new capability on top of, of essentially um, through one product, same product, just newer capability. That's a straightforward upgrade. JES 3 to JES 2, hmm, all right? That they're <laughs> fundamentally different, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I would say that's a migration, Uh some people would say it's a conversion. All right, let's not get lost on the semantics. Um, some might call it a downgrade. <laughs> that's because somebody doesn't know. I did not say that. I mean, I did not say that. People are saying. Right. Anyway. <laughs> that, that was one. Hey, Jeff, that was a weird thing. When I first got into this job and I, I'm looking at Jez 2 and Jez 3, I'm thinking, oh, as everybody else does. Well, clearly Jez 3 came after Jez 2, right? No, so, and and then then for the for the next hour or so, a really good hour or so with Tom Wasik, um, I got a, <laughs> I had a very good deep dive uh, sheep dip, as I would say, of of where these came from and really why one came after the other, not before the other. So um, <laughs> so no, I would, I'd call that a, I'd call that a migration because you're going from not necessarily the the same product to a different um, just a different level. You're going from what is now fundamentally different capability uh, to a different product with different capabilities. So yeah, I, I, that's where I draw the distinction. Plus I also think migration's a little bit negative. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know. It has connotations of it doesn't say we're moving forward guys. It's saying we just jump in to do something different. Maybe that's just a, uh, just the way I look at it. Well, but. To me, migrate sounds like picking up and starting all over again. Upgrade sounds like it's just getting better. Yes. Yes, Exactly. Thanks, Jeff. You've just helped. I'll go back to the team with that one. And for all the naysayers, I'll say Jeff agrees. There we go. Very happy to help. <laughs> there you just, go. Just doing what I can. There you go. Love That'll it. be very useful to somebody. So <laughs> let, let me let me ask you. Uh, you mentioned early on. Uh, it seems like hours ago that. Um, mm. <laughs> Ooh, this is that, harsh. This is harsh. I bet Ross didn't get Frank was too busy you, peeling you, grapes you to uh, that... to give him a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 
This is uh, this is not working out as I planned. So you mentioned that when we started, you already had this well-oiled machine. How hard was it to get um, a team of people, even a smaller group, a team of people, to to go off something that they knew really worked well, and and start to do something in a fundamentally different way because agile is fundamentally different, right? Yeah. How how difficult? We're still doing it, Frank. We're still doing it, uh, but that but that's a good thing because because transformation of any organization or, or of really of anything is, is, is not just a one-time effort and you're done. I mean, this, this is a journey for us. Um, and w- I don't think we'll ever be, be done and whether that will now scare a ton of people saying, Oh my God, there is no end to this. Um, <laughs> we're, we're all on a journey here. All right. And we're all trying to improve what it is we do. I, I think, I think really the way it, it, it is, was, and I think hopefully we'll always be a, a well-oiled organization. We, we optimize everything that we do in the team, in the code, uh, you know, across the organization uh, as is. But but we, we need to continue to look at what it is we do and say, can we get better? Um, and, and we know we had a driving force of, of demands and, and requests, et cetera, to us to to get better and to improve and to deliver more and quicker. And, and, you know, everybody wants things quicker and they want it yesterday. And and when you tell them, all right, be there in two years, sometimes they get disheartened and, and go and do something else. Um, I think the, the kind of key with, with the organization um, was and is, is continually um, about, about justifying the value of what it is we do. All right. Um, we don't change for change's sake nobody's really gone through this and said, hey, guess what we need to do? We need to do an agile transformation project. Why? Don't know, but it sounds a good thing to go do. Let's go do it. Um, (laughs) Nobody, hopefully, ever said those words in those sentences and kind of related them together. Um, There's there's a rationale for everything that we do, and and clearly we looked at – I'll look at things like tools, right? And so – one of the first things that, that we did, and, and as any successful transformation here, as, as I've said before, you know, tools, people, processes, et cetera, and as long as you, you've got to have a mission and, and a desire and a goal to achieve out, out of all this, one, one objective to kind of get to. So one of the first things, that, you know, we looked at tools and we said, you know, what we've got a ton of tools uh, in our organization, not just tools that we use to develop, but tools that we use to build and tools that we use to test and tools we use to, to certify and, and tools we used to we use to, um, you know, to kind of make everything kind of fit together and manage our source code and manage our change control and this, that, and the other. And, and everybody has that. Again, I'll go back to, I think, with the biggest monolithic application code base you know, that, that probably exists out there. So we have a set of tools around it to support it, to produce it, uh, and, to, and to kind of make it better, and to support X number of code streams and X number of service streams and X number of releases, et cetera. So we, we like, we, we're no different from any other major development organization who's building a big application. Um, but we looked at tools, and, and I, I, there's no word of a lie here. We counted up the tools and it was in four digits, four digits, <laughs> the amount of tools that we use. And, and I won't quote the number because it would scare all of us. Um, 
And then somebody on my team would probably do a write-in. I don't know. Do you write-ins and phone-ins? That's what you should do. Did, did somebody make a test counting tool for all this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thank, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Remind me to call you yep. when we need some guidance. No problem. <laughs> so, so look, I don't... I, I told the team, look, I don't, I don't want to add a new one. I don't want to add another one because that's we have to support these tools. And the majority of these tools were a version of another tool that somebody had taken for very good reasons and, and shall we say, well-oiled reasons. Um, and that's not somebody disappa- disappeared yeah. down the pub and thought it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, they, we, we created a, a lot of tools over the history of this product, and, and and there's been a lot of iterations of this product, and a lot of people, you know, very proud people being part of this team, and and a lot of people in this team today who who have a very passionate focus around the quality they produce and, and what they ultimately do produce. So, you know, we're very proud of what it is we do. Um, but to me, four digits in terms of the number of tools is probably too many. So we, we looked at that and we said, guys, we, we're spending a lot of our own time supporting those tools. As new developers come into this organization, it's taking an inordinate amount of time to kind of educate them on those tools and make, you know, get, make the tools useful and make them useful. So we've got to look at a whole bunch of things. We've got to look at the amount of tools we support. How much time do we spend supporting these tools? Um, how welcome, productive, um, you know, from almost day one, how can we get our new developers that join us to be productive as soon as they kind of hit the ground? How can they, you know, give them some some of the basics training about what it is we do, but they're off and running. I don't need to train them on on uh, hundreds of tools, thousands of tools. My gosh. Um, so, you know, let's look at what it is we do and, and how can we get better. So first kind of port a call there was, you know, rationalize what it is we're doing. All right, well, well, how can we do it better? What are the key essences of the build process that we've got? Um, you know, we're all in, in the DevOps world, and now clearly everything's morphing into things like DevSecOps, et cetera, where you've got, you know, wired in secure engineering and this, that, and the other. And, and we have to move with the times, all right? We have to get smart. The more we can automate, you know, the less touch we have and we need to have at the pieces where, you know, really, it's a, it's going through the process of doing testing. It's going through the process of looking at results. It's going through the process of, 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 of doing something that we could automate. So in other words, I can take the, the, bright, the brightest and, bright, uh, and best that I've got, and I can apply them to new technology, complex problem solving versus, you know, the stuff that they, they may need to do in terms of, 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 you know, running a test script and looking at results for this, that, and the other. <laughs> That's not too, before, again, we get phone-ins and, and, and write-ins of, of <laughs> Dave, you're diminishing tests. No, I want, my, I want my team to look at the complex testing, all right, where we get not just one kind of trigger, when we get six or seven different triggers, things that we couldn't necessarily predict. That's, the, that's the, where the most or the best application of, of those scarce technical skills is best. So, you know, I, w- I want us to optimize the development organization. So, so tools is one thing. Getting down to a, a common tool set, um, radically reducing the amount of, of tools that we have, making more use of things like AI. And AI is not the, the solution to everything, but it does have its place, and it, I'm sure it will grow in its in its overall code development place. And we're working with research right now on, on something that we can, you know, 
potentially bring into into our code streams that makes it makes it much smarter and makes it easier for people to to kind of engage in that development process so you know tools are one thing all right that we that we study and if if we can radically reduce those it frees people up to go other do other stuff so this is showing the value back to the team and saying look we're not doing it for for just some you know new guy on the block needs something to say hey look what we've all done guys and it, it's got to provide value to the team um it's got to provide value to our clients and kind of one of the next things you kind of touch on jeff it mm-hmm. you know you, processes right we've all got a set of processes that we follow here and 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 sometimes we we do things in a certain way and we don't necessarily question why we do them in a certain way we say well we've always done it that way <laughs> All right. Well, why have we always done it that way? And t- sometimes it takes some some weirdo who's come across from the other side of the pond to ask some daft questions um, to, to to I won't say necessarily change the world. I, I believe me, I, I don't have that view. Um, but to challenge a few people because the the way the transformation happens, it, it's it really is nothing to do with me. I might be part of the catalyst of, of making stuff happen. I'll come back to that that analogy I started with right at the start. It's not one outboard motor that's going to change the direction of the of the super tanker. It's a thousand outboard motors. It's, it's the entire team deciding that we need to move. We need to be more agile. That's what that's what makes change happen here. Um, so processes you've got to go challenge. People you've got to engage yeah. in this. You can't just mandate that this is going to happen. Right. All right. You and and you know one of the the biggest challenges is you clearly have people say oh, it'll never work it'll never work we've tried this before it'll never work um you know those are the people that you want to mm. engage the most those are the people who when you can prove this uh, and when they can see it your organization has changed your culture has changed and that's that's ultimately what you're aiming for a cultural change across the organization where where this is accepted and, and an agile mentality is accepted, embraced, mm. and encouraged. Yeah, you, and that's what we're fundamentally you're, after. You're, you're hitting on something that I know is really big for for Frank and myself, uh, and that's the the mixture of, of technology and cultural uh, when it comes to changes. It, it, it's like an air-fuel mixture. It needs to be adjusted so that it's right at the beginning and that it progresses correctly. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there needs to be some some meat to the message you're putting out there. But there also has to be an incentive for people to to want to change. So, what do you feel is the right approach for for starting and continuing change uh, when you know there's lots of different angles to to, to approach it at? I th- I think I think what what anybody will find as they look through a team, if they're a team of Ten people, or a hundred people, or a thousand people. There's a desire. There's a desire to transform. There's a desire to get better in that team. It, it already exists. Your job is just to try and uncover it and, and and kind of mine the diamonds within the organization and the change agents with the organization, and then give them enough support um, and give them enough impetus to go make make their dream a reality. Um, the, so the so fundamentally, you know. There's always there's always resistance to change because there's always a a fear of the unknown. Um, I know what I'm used to. I know I can do what I'm supposed to do with what I'm used to. Um, you got to prove you got to prove it to me that this this new direction in which in which you want to go is is better. Um, and it, it really comes through identifying leadership across the organisation. Um, it's not coming from down on on top. 
absolutely is, is a great impetus, gets things kind of kicked off, right? To say, guys, this is what we're going to go do. And because then people know you've got their back. Um, people know that that you're very supportive of, of the change that you want the team to go through. Um, you know, people always look over their shoulder. What if I screw up? What if I get it wrong, et cetera? Well, we've got the back. All right. We, we will make mistakes. We do make mistakes. We have made mistakes. All right. But we learn from it. It's, part of, it's all part of this, this mindset, this kind of growth mindset that we're all trying to drive of, look, failure is acceptable as long as we learn from it and as long as we then move on um, and, and we continue to grow as a collective team and as a collective, a collective group. As long as we focused on, on the same, the eye on the prize, shall we say, is we have a common vision about where we want to get to, we'll make it and we'll, we'll make the change necessary. So you clearly got to identify there are change agents within your organization, people who want to um, want to change, people who have the stamina to change. Because I tell you what, it takes some stamina um, with, with a large organization of, of some of the change that you want to make happen. You, you better have... You better have the time on your hands. You better have the energy to go make this happen because you're going to need to apply uh, focus. You're going to need to apply force where necessary, and, you, and you're going to need to encourage like you've never encouraged before. Um, but you, you can kind of slice that and divide and conquer. If you get a good team of, of leads around you, uh, people who have core areas that they're interested in, they know those areas, they're either recognized experts, et cetera, or they, they know what's, what's potentially necessary. And then you give them all the support in the world to go make that change. Um, and you check in. And you check in to say, right, what have we learned? And you don't leave them alone for the next six months and say, right, go be agile, guys. Go work it all out and then come back to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's about um, having the time and, and the focus yourself and, and, and showing how important it is to yourself. To, to check in and say right what what are we going to work what are we going to work on on this week you know what are we going to get to by the end of next month what are we going to how are we going to move this organization forward and what are those milestones somebody once told me he said you know within the the milestone kind of concept you got these inch pebbles and sometimes you need to identify the inch pebbles you need to kind of work out you know when we've got a, a, a big change to make and, and when we're going into an area that we, we're really unsure of and and maybe across the rest of the wider organization it's it's either not been done before or it's been done and it's failed we've got to continue to learn bring smart people in all right smart people who've done it smart people who may not have done it but probably know how it should be done and have that real drive and determination to try um and and i think one of the key things that, that we kind of had in, in, in the ZOS team in, in the early, my gosh, in the early days, it sounds like we've been going for years. Um, but, well, actually, you know, Agile has, Agile's been a concept certainly within the ZOS organization. Um, 2008, I think, was, was some, kind of some of the first times where, where Agile was being talked about, Agile concepts were being brought in. Um, agile champions were being ad- identified, etc. And we've got a bunch of agile champions, and I, and I keep looking to them and, and saying, "Are we doing this the right way, guys? You know, guide guide us. Can we don't all know how to do this? Are we are we are we learning? Are we?" And you kind of got to keep those as, as your group of people that advise you and, and just give you that check and balance to say uh, you're running too fast. You're about to trip over your own feet. Um, so, you know, I think. Getting a group of people around you, getting the people who, who lead for you, getting the people who, who want to make stuff happen is, is absolutely key. 
Um, and believe me, in every team that, that you see, every time I, team I've been lucky enough to work with, those people exist. Uh, it's, just, it's just finding them. It's just finding the ones who are passionate about change, not for change's sake, but change where maybe stuff isn't working as well as, as it's advertised. It isn't working as well as it could. Um, maybe we need to take advantage of a new capability, a new technology, a new tool. More kids are coming out of college with Jenkins or, or Groovy to kind of uh, go after one of Frank's kind of lovely pet projects uh, and capabilities. You know, it's there are many different kind of, um, I, I would say probably um, kind of initiative drivers, kind of kickstart activities or, or um, initial kind of genesis points where this starts, whether it's skills, whether it's we're not getting to market quickly enough or we've got too many tools or we're not as focused as an organization as we need to be. There are many different kind of uh, catalyst points or catalyst uh, effects that kind of drive an agile project. And it's finding the right people, it's finding the right mix, it's finding the right leaders, and it's it's providing support to the team to say, hey, we'll fail, and but we got you back and we're we're right behind you, and we're going to get through this. Hey, one of the one of the real interesting things uh, is, and, and this is in judging success or, or or where sometimes you do kind of fall over, is you know as you go through something new, what happens? How do you react to something you didn't expect? How do you re- react to a change or something that goes wrong? Huh. And we learned one of this thing, one of these these observations in in design thinking. You know, we've been doing design thinking across Z twenty twelve. I think is is kind of the first major area and foray around the Kicks project that we did around design thinking. Um, and one of the things that we we learned there was when the going gets tough, don't revert to type, don't revert to how you used to fix it. Use the agile mentality, use the agile processes and agile thinking to get you through that challenge. And that's that's absolutely critical because, you know, when the going gets tough, you go, oh, well, you know, it doesn't work. I'll just go back to my old waterfall mentality. Uh, that's a risk. And that you really, really need to be so, so conscious of that reaction across the team that, that you need to pay, you know, very much pay very special attention to that um, because that's that's a danger that it's a trap you get into. Um, if you, if you can fix problems with your new agile mentality, you're off and running. That's that's awesome. I actually have um, I think fifty or sixty more questions, um, but we're way beyond the bottom of the hour here. Um, so I I think we should leave it at that. Maybe, maybe have you come back um, because I I think there's a lot. To unpack and what you've already said, uh, I, I I do want to understand how far you think you are down this journey already. Are you halfway? Or are you a quarter of the way? Or are you still Whoa. at the beginning? We're what halfway there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I think I think from a from a tools perspective, I think I think we're way past halfway. I think we're well on our way to to a really good kind of pipeline capability supporting tools process i think we're probably 60 70 percent the way there now it's really just onboarding uh, new projects as as we see uh see fit necessary at the time to kind of come onto that that infrastructure i think processes we're still challenged on some processes so i probably would say you know 50 50 60 percent or so there on those 
people, I think we're – this is an interesting one. People, nah, I'd probably say – I'd probably say 40%, 50%. And here's the reason why. Um, because I think we still have perceptions in place, and this is something I've got to fix personally. Um, I think we have perceptions in place that some people say, "Oh, we talk about doing water, we talk about doing agile, but we still would mm. fall under the covers." <laughs> we, you know, we do agile as a tick box exercise, and and you know what? I that's worrying to me. That's very worrying to me, and that's that's something that says we've not reached the entire population yet, and we've not shown the true value of everything here yet. So, so that to me actually is is a real, um, it's a real call to arms from my perspective. That if we think we're doing agile, but we're not, guys, we we, we got to fix this. And, and look, let me say that's not across major parts of the organisation. It's in certain certain parts of the organisation, but it's it's in areas where I, I really want to fix the mentality there. And and. So how do I fix that? I got to show more value. I got to show more show more value about what it is we do, um, how agile is changing us, how it's stopping us doing some stuff and allowing us to do more of the cool stuff, because that's ultimately what we're trying to do here as well. We're trying to free our teams up to go do some new cool stuff and get involved in new capability and technology. And and again, it's it's speeding our overall delivery of new emerging technologies to our clients on the platform who have been for a number of years starved of the new super cool stuff. And and we're trying to fix that through what we do on the operating system, what we do on the stack products, etc., what we do in the languages that we support on Z. Um, change is happening. It's just, you know, we, we, we need to get even quicker. We need to even get even smarter on this. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that's the, the best possible spot to, to end. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank you, uh, Dave, for coming and being on the show. Uh, you, do you have any other things you want to say, Jeff? No, I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. You're very well, welcome, then, guys. Oh, very welcome. Old man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.